As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of The Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Good morning. Good morning. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. Let me start out with some gratitude before we dive, dive into what, what happened last night. Uh, thank you to everybody that came to the Mule. I had I was completely overwhelmed in like the the positive way and also like the negative way too but um i was very overwhelmed with the amount of people that came and with the amount of people that came to talk to me and had kind words to say and i just it blew me away i was so we did it at the mule in downtown edmond frenzy brewing opened up their tap room as overflow to us too and we completely filled each venue like to the brim uh so that's a huge thing for downtown edmund on a random tuesday so i'm really grateful that we're able to do that Uh, and the energy in the building at the time of the like the lottery drawing was so insane i guarantee that like one of the chandeliers was going to get pulled down if the thunder got at least one pick in like the top four, or if they happen to draw five, it was uh, an unbelievable atmosphere. I'll never forget it. I'm sure if you were there, you'll never forget it either, because like the energy was just almost too much. It was just for even like the 14th pick being drawn out, people were just going nuts. Because if it stayed like we, everybody knew if it kind of stayed chalk throughout that. The, the better the chance the Thunder had of, you know, moving up. And then, like, the ultimate, like, horrible thing, they get drawn at six, and then, like, the air is let out of the balloon, and then there's still, like, the hope of five, and then five gets drawn, and it's uh, it's not us. And it was just like, like, it was just, it was such a bummer. It was like the range of emotions was crazy, and I'm sure everybody felt that no matter where you were, but like just the energy of being around people again too, like being around like a group of people again, just that kind of energy was really, 
it was really something, something I'm really grateful for, something that I don't take for granted. So just a shout out to everybody that, that decided to come. We're, we will have a draft party as well. Uh, I think there is a lot of mystery as to what the Thunder are going to do on draft night, who they select at six, if they trade up, if they trade back, who knows? I mean, there's just a lot of things that could happen that night. So uh, be on the lookout for details about that soon uh, because I anticipate trying to get together with everybody again, so it should be fun. Um, So, Al, the Thunder sit at six in what uh, appears to be like a four or five player draft. It's not where you want to be after tanking for half a season. Uh, the Thunder put themselves in a, a pretty good position prior to the draft lottery, and things just didn't bounce their way, which is a part of this. Like this, and We talked about it a lot. When we do those tankathon spins and things land like this, you're like, this is a hard look at reality. Like, I don't know how many times I said that when it hit there, but uh, that hard look at reality is, is here. Uh, yeah. First off, let's get, let's rent out the, the peak for the draft party. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm... We need a bigger I mean, place. We need a much bigger place. I, I know a lot of people, I had friends even that text me like, hey, I stopped by and left because I couldn't get food, I couldn't get a table, I couldn't get anything. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm aware of like the number of People that like were there and stayed, but I don't know how many people left. Yeah, it's certainly not peak level, but like we need some, we need a bigger place. And that we're a, I'm we're on a the, field. I, what if we got a, I'm on we the got search. a field party? <laughs> field party. I, I do have a projector and a projector oh, screen. Oh, yeah. And we'll just get a bunch of 30 packs of stones, <laughs> take them out to the field. <laughs> uh, so I was, I was pretty miserable last night. Yeah. And re- remain relatively miserable. And I think part of it is that, uh, you know, if they had had the exact same record, right, but their season was more like the Detroit Pistons, where, yeah, you know, it's kind of like the same thing the entire year. Like, there, were, there weren't two sides to the Pistons season. They were basically the right. same team the whole year. They were consistent, they were competitive, but they were bad. And if it was that case, but, but they were also, in this scenario, they win the same amount of games that the Thunder mm-hmm. did, I, I don't think I would have felt as bad. I think what, what made it sting is that we watched some of the worst basketball arguably ever played in the NBA. I mean, you could make the case based <laughs> on the offensive the rating numbers that we watched some yeah. of the worst basketball you'll ever see. Uh, you know, the Pacers had the biggest road win in NBA history, 57 yeah. points during right. that stretch. And mm-hmm. so by the end of the season, you're like, Okay, we did it. Like we went we through something nasty right there. We did, it and was, we are about to be nasty. rewarded. Of course, <laughs> we we ignored, even though we kind of know it's there. That there was this whole first section of the season, and it yeah. turns out that's the section that screws us because we end up, right. you know, winning the amount of games that we win. And right. and I don't even blame. I mean, yeah, that last game against the Clippers is is going to be the thing we remember about this yeah. season. Sure, but. It's, it was really the beginning of the season where we just got too far behind the ball and we were never really able to catch up despite some insane tanking. Mm-hmm. So that that was the part that ultimately bothers you because you feel like, well, we put in the work, but the reality is we put in the work for like 
half a year. They tanked half a season. Yeah, yeah I mean, this wasn't th- this was not the seventy sixers process tanking. I mean, it just it just wasn't. It was. And honestly, like they didn't have like with the the kind of players they had on the team, and that's where you have to really take a look ahead and figure out. Like, is it even possible with the roster they have to to get there? Like to actually tank again? Like with this roster, I think the answer is no. I don't think that they can be the the second or first worst team in the league. Like I just don't think they can I don't think they don't have that in them. They have too many competitive guys. They have too many good players at this point. If you add a let's say the most likely outcome on draft night is that they just add Scotty Barnes or somebody in that range. If you add Scotty Barnes to this team, like Scotty Barnes is going to come in and he's going to bring an, a, an energy and a fervor to the defense and to the to everything. And he's a really good passer. Like he's going to bring something to the team that's going to invoke some life that will not allow them to even that that will allow them to take a step forward and not a step back, in my opinion. And so, like I don't think this team has it in them and so now the question is how committed is Sam Presti and his staff to multiple lottery pick drafting like how committed are they and sure there are going to be lots of people like well we have the Clippers picks and we have the Rockets picks and we have stop stop that 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 was not the plan that was the icing on the cake the thunder, the thunder's picks are the ones that are more controllable than anything, and the question is: Are they going to control them, Hank? Are they going to control the picks? Is that my is, question. That is the question because the half glass empty take on all of this is that, you know, assuming health, have the thunder already reached the mediocre stage? Like, are we already there? Are we already have we already built a roster that's basically their floor is like twenty eight to twenty nine wins? every single year upside of like 38 you know possibly are we the kings i don't think we're the kings because obviously the kings have the the added thing of like having a terrible organization yeah so culture bad ownership yes the thunder don't have that but but it does bear the question like are are you a like what does this team have the ceiling of the four seed and second round perhaps like like if you get lucky like the hawks did and you get to the conference finals one year, and it's like, oh my gosh, like that's it, and like that could be it. Or are they going to go for a team that has the ceiling of a title? And my, I just can't stop thinking that the actual outcome here will be that they will opt to put together a team that has the ceiling of a title. And so that mean that could mean a lot of things. It doesn't mean necessarily that they are going to trade. SGA at the draft. It also doesn't mean that. <laughs> it also absolutely does not mean that they will consider that because the easiest way to reset the timeline is to trade SGA and get, and I don't know who would want him. I don't know who would want him that's in the top five. I don't, I don't think you trade him for four. I don't even know if you trade him for three. But, and I also don't know who the Thunder love in the top five. It's probably Cade. I don't think the Pistons are going to do Cade for SGA. I don't think that's happening. I don't think that makes sense for them. You want him on a rookie-scale deal. You don't want to pay SGA immediately. They have no rush because their guys are young, too, so like, you can throw that one out. 
Um, obviously, like the the Toronto Raptors would absolutely be f- just ecstatic to get Shea. One, he's a Canadian. The fan base already loves him in Toronto. Like they're already obsessed with him there, and I think that they would flip out. Now, I don't know that you'd do it for that pick, but no. I'm just. I think you just have to start thinking about though, like what's the what is the pathway, what is the what is the avenue, and and perhaps there will be a trip. Maybe the Thunder could trade for three, and three is the is the is the guy that they at three is the guy they love. Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, whoever it is that's left there, maybe that's the guy that they love. Jalen Green, I don't know who it is. I have no clue. But maybe that's the guy, and they're like, no, no, we have an avenue to get him anyways. We're going to have to give up. They have the ability to overwhelm Cleveland with an offer, and then that's how you do it. Uh, but I don't I don't know. I mean, to me, this is, this is where we get to see how committed the Thunder are to this plan, and, you know, the only good thing is that they have the ammo to get there. The the bad thing is that you may have to expend a lot of it to make it happen. Yeah, I I don't think they trade Shea for anything less than the number one pick, and I I don't think that's going to happen. And yeah. so of those two scenarios, I, yeah, I do think the trade up, if it's there, is is the most likely scenario of those two. But I, I ultimately think that they probably just draft someone at six. Um, because people are talking yeah. about the Cavs being like aggressive in in wanting to trade the number three pick, but it's like, mm-hmm. what would they possibly want from the Thunder for the third pick? Uh, they they have guards, you know, whether we think they're good or not. They have guards. They have the opportunity to take another guard, probably likely at three, whether it's Jalen yeah. Green or Jalen Suggs, where they could take yeah. Kuminga, where they could take Scotty Barnes. So it would seem like they'd be looking for either another wing with a Coro or or a big man. I mean, we we assume that they're going to pay Jared Allen, but who knows? I know I, they're such a confounding team because you can you can plug in a young player into every slot, right? Yeah, and they're not none. No one on that team is good enough where you shouldn't consider best best player available. Yes, if I'm them, I just take the guy at three. That's what I think too. Like, but like, just stop. Like, stop trying to outsmart yourself. Like but they you, were the first name. The that, three. They were the first name that came up as like, oh, maybe they would be willing to trade the pick. But in that no scenario, question. they're yeah. trading it to get better. So it's not like the Thunder overwhelming them with picks is like really what they're looking for in that scenario. They're doing it ostensibly to get better this very next season, for yeah. whatever reason. Well, and we've known Cleveland to be wacky in the draft before. You know, they took Anthony Bennett, you know, with the same ownership group that's still in place there now. So, like, we don't know. We we just don't know what what their thought process is. We don't know what their evaluations are. I mean, you look at – and this is just kind of a, a picture. Like, everybody has the top four and five guys as the same guys across the board, and that's like – Sam Vecini, it's the guys at ESPN, it's everybody. But like John Hollinger put out a piece this week where it's like, no, like not even close. It's Cade Cunningham. And then it's just like, it's just this mixed bag of like, okay, like what is like, what is like, what is this evaluation here? Uh, he has Mobley second, uh, Scotty Barnes third. Um, I, who we just don't we don't know what Cleveland's draft board looks like. 
We don't know what the Thunder's draft board looks like. We don't know what any of these other teams' draft boards look like. I'll tell you, they're probably not chalk. Oh, what, for sure. I mean, I was, other teams to, uh, I was listening to Chad Ford's like post-lottery reaction pod. NBA big board. NBA big board. And he has Scotty Barnes at fourth on his big board. And he said he was talking yeah. to a team who has him at third on yeah. their big board. Yes. Um, so we just don't we just don't know. And also, and this is like if you're really digging deep and trying to find glass half full things deep with inside of you, that and this is not it's not that it's untrue. It's just that it's like you're you're try like you're manufacturing sunshine at this point. But it's the truth is that the top four guys that are in everybody's mock drafts. Two or more are not going to be very good or are not going to work out. Um, and then somebody in the five to 10 range is going to be an all star and is going to be a great player. Now, now the, the trouble is the odds of selecting that guy are just so much smaller, and the odds of that person being like an all NBA type of player are so much smaller once you get outside there. It's not impossible. Like, this is where the hard work is done. This is where the real analysis is done. I mean, you could argue that, like, really, Russell Westbrook probably should have been picked sixth through eighth in the draft that Thunder took him four. You know, you could – and but also, like, I don't know. You just don't – there's just so much mystery and so much – there's not an exact science around the draft. And even if we think we know – because you can easily, to me, you can watch Kaminga and you can watch Evan Mobley, and like I can absolutely see a world where both of those guys are not star players. Like I can see a world where Jonathan Kaminga is not in the league in five years. Mobley, I can see him being in the league, but like just being like a pretty good guy, like a pretty good player, super skilled, but not not a star player. Um, I have a harder time seeing Cade not being a great player. I have a harder time seeing Jalen Suggs not being a great player. And then I see like Jalen Green in the middle, where I could see him just like being some like a inefficient gunner or like a great score. So there's like to me, there's only like two slam dunks in this draft, um, and it's Suggs and it's uh, and Alpern Cunningham Seguin Sengun yeah Sengun uh, yeah <laughs> he's he's is he fourth on Hollinger's list Yeah, he was. And I, so I did a podcast last night with Sam Vecini. Um, and there'll be a video, and there's the podcast is already out. I released it last night. You can only find it on the Athletic app, or you can find it on um, the Athletic Podcast Plus, which it'll show up in the Athletic NBA show feed. And so I did ask Sam, who's like the highest upside player outside of the top five guys? And he, he said Sangoon is probably that guy. Yeah, um, like the highest upside swing. Um, I <laughs> so I don't know, man. I just don't know. And the, and the other thing that we haven't mentioned yet is, uh, you know, one of the things we talked about this entire season is it seems like Presti is targeting different players than he would have targeted in the past, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, with mm-hmm. that last draft with Teo and Poku, maybe those. On, on the one hand. Poku's falls into the the slot of like the big swing, um, yeah. But he's not exactly like the super athletic 
rangy defender that we typically think of. And so, like, I'm looking at the Ringers mock draft after last night, and they have the Thunder taking Keon Johnson, which, like, four years ago, four years ago, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, that is a Thunder guy. Like, absolutely. But now I'm like, I almost feel like they're working with old information because that doesn't feel like a current Thunder guy. Yeah, I need to pull the ringers up. Um, I mean, that's wh- that's bad. Like, I would be there's if they took Barnes, I would not be dis- I would not be disappointed on draft if they just stay at six. If that's what they do, I'm not disappointed at all. Um, and and, be, and let's t- be honest, the reason why you're not disappointed about Barnes because he absolutely is the, the that profile is that he does have the passing ability and that is oh, yeah. something that definitely fits in with this current iteration of the Thunder. Yes. he He's kind of like old age Thunder meets new age Thunder because he's a great defender, insane length, six foot nine, seven foot three wingspan. But then like he's skilled. He can handle. I mean, he was like the, the ball handler off the bench for Florida State. Like he's handling the ball at the top of the key on almost every offensive possession that he has it. And he's finding guys and he's getting to the bucket and okay. – he doesn't have exactly a plan every time he tries to score, but he's, he did score some, uh, and he has a ton of development to do as a score, a, just an absolute ton. But man, if they took Keon Johnson, I would lose. I would lose it. It would be Terrence Ferguson level losing it for me, <laughs> because Keon is like he's a wild man. He's a six foot five, should be kind of like a wing, but can score like even the sh- like he has they have like shades of Latrell Sprewell, KCP, Gary Harris like get out of here with that. Get out of here with those comps. Like Keon Johnson can't shoot the ball. And he's just a wild man with the ball and he's a rangy defender. He likes to dunk on guys. Like he's fun. But if that's your guy at 6, like you've screwed up. You've absolutely screwed up. Yeah. That that's uh- and that's why, like, what did we just see this past season? We saw a Thunder team that took more threes than they've ever taken before. And so even yeah. with Scotty Barnes, like, the idea that they're not going to prioritize shooting in this draft, I, I just I, I question that. And yeah. I look at someone like Scotty Barnes, and everyone's making the Draymond comps, but I'm looking at this most recent playoff series, and, like, aren't those the same skills that Ben Simmons has? Like, this guy... Can't hit free throws <laughs> either. Of. He's like 62% kind from the line. He's a yeah. really good defender. He's a great passer, but he like cannot shoot. And yeah. like we've the skill seen set is not the skill set is not dissimilar. And we've seen what happens <laughs> in the playoffs with those types of guys sometimes. And yeah. I don't know. I just like why isn't Moses Moody considered as high of a prospect as Scotty Barnes? It's a great question. Uh I don't I I ha, I have not dug in and watched a ton of him so i don't know the answer to that yet because you talk about you talk about wingspan after the combine measurements moses moody is the most positive wingspan guy in this class yeah it was it was like insane it was like plus eight inches you know what's crazy and it's what's crazy is that moody barnes and kate cunningham are all on the same high school team Uh, they must have been pretty good are they pretty good they Sam Vecini said it was the best high school team he's ever watched. <laughs> he said it, they were insane. But like, I would not be surprised if Sengun was the Thunder's guy at six. Like, I would not be shocked by that. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Josh, like Josh Giddy, is like a total new age Thunder player. He's six eight. 
He's got long arms. He's can he can do it all. Uh, now the shooting is a question with him too, but he's so he's 18. Like he's very very young, um, and so is Sengun. Sengun's 18 as well. Like those two guys. One, the Thunder haven't selected a a college player in forever, and they they think it's <laughs> an advantage. <laughs> they they think it's an advantage to take somebody that either didn't go to college or is from overseas or something like that. The last player that they took that went to college was Demonis Sabonis. That was the last one. Meaning in and the first round? I think period, right? Oh, right, because Dort was undrafted. Yeah. A period. They haven't taken a guy since 20, what was that, 2016? 2016. That played in college. So that doesn't mean, obviously, that they are like, oh, we're staying away from Scotty Barnes because we're like world elitists here and we want to, we want to have our, our guys world traveled. Like, no, like, that's not it. But um, I just would, I wouldn't overlook that because I, I promise you the Thunder are doing their homework on every single person and especially these international prospects. Like, they're going to know them better than anybody. And they'll know if they're worth taking you know, earlier, they'll know it. And I, I, I don't know. I'm very intrigued to see. We just, so, uh, McKelly and I just did Thunder After Darks on the uh, OKC Dream Team page. We have completed Cade, Mobley, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, uh, Kaminga. We did Keon Johnson. Uh, we did Scotty Barnes, Jalen Johnson, and Josh Giddy. So what we've completed do you, what do you think all of those. Of, what do you think of Jalen Johnson? Uh, I think he super sucks. <laughs> oh no! Why? I just don't see a. I don't see the path to him being like a great player. He could be like poor man's Harrison Barnes or something. I mean, because he's Maybe not really a, a college bit, guy. He only played thirteen games. You know, that's true. Maybe a little bit better passer. I didn't like him. I don't like him as a player. I don't like his shot. I don't. He. I don't. I don't like him, and I don't like all the attitude stuff. That's kind of traveled with him. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not my guy, for sure. Which he would be a Terrence Ferguson level disappointment as well, for me. Well, and I can be. I can be. I can be absolutely wrong. I could be a hundred percent wrong on him because he was a five star recruit. But you can just see in him like he probably just trucked guys in in high school. Like just embarrassed yeah. guys in high school because he's so much bigger and stronger and faster than everybody. Well, it appears that and then Andrew at college was frozen he was like just okay in the middle of uh, and the oh, sample size is very small. Now we're both frozen, so maybe that's part of it. But I was not impressed. Uh, well, thinking ahead, I feel like when it comes to the draft with the Thunder, we either absolutely know who they're taking because there's been a rumored promise, or they mm-hmm. end up taking someone that we weren't even considering. So yeah. First things first, Chad Ford mentioned on his podcast that he thinks the Thunder, they were they are rumored to be a team that has promised Isaiah Jackson in in like the with either sixteen or eighteen. With sixteen or eighteen. Yeah. And he's he's like a six nine, like energy big, tries yeah. to block literally every shot. Yeah. Every shot. He he's going to get he's gonna foul out because of pump fakes. He's gonna jump every <laughs> single time. But he's very yeah. athletic, you know. He, if that's the case, that would be more like old school Thunder thinking. 
Um, but we haven't heard anything about the top six, obviously, and it's hard to make a promise when you're at six in what some people are saying is a six-person draft. I'm going to. Why keep... don't you make a promise now? I, I don't. They've done it before. I mean, he. The reason why they know he got a promise is because he backed out of the combine, and then there were rumors that he got a promise. And then, what team makes promises? The Thunder. Like, I, I I'm not saying this is like they're locked in stone. Makes, yeah, they're not the only people that make promises. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but, if they're picking an 18, perhaps they do take him. But my whole point is that every single mock right now, other than the Ringer, has Scotty Barnes going to the Thunder. And I just yeah. like I refuse to believe that like the most obvious choice is really going to end up there. And then you hear about people like John Hollinger or Chad Ford saying, "Oh, there might be there are teams that have him ranked even higher." Like I don't even know if yeah. he's going to be there at six. And I just have a feeling it's going to be someone that is not in that consensus top six. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah. I, I could even and see a scenario where Kuminga falls to them and they don't take him. They don't take him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can see that. Uh, yeah. I think there's no doubt. There's also, like, we predicted very accurately what the Thunder were doing last year in the draft. You know? Mm, what was, which draft was that? Oh, we did. We did. Poku. Yeah. Poku. Yeah. We got that. Yeah, quite accurately. And then um, even in the second round, like we had um, Teo. Like I had Teo. Like that's who I had. Those are the two guys that I had that I thought the Thunder would take. So, so you're saying you have the you but, have your finger on the pulse, Andrew? I just no, I don't. But I <laughs> I just got lucky. I think. <laughs> um, but maybe we do have a better feel for what they're doing. And Kaminga does like Kaminga's very old school Thunder. Right, yeah, like very, very old school Thunder. Uh, I don't know that he fits that fits that today. I think Barnes fits that better. I think that um, Giddy fits that better. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see them take Giddy at six. I think that if they think that he's the best player available, they'll take him. And it, yeah, I mean, this is this is so interesting because it felt last year, you know, with all these guys who are fighting for their NBA NBA lives. The Thunder were almost as interested as in developing a system as they were in developing individual players. Something that we haven't mm-hmm. hadn't necessarily seen before for the Thunder. Like they were really trying to develop this system with Mark Dagnalt. And so BPA for them might be the best player available that fits within that system that they're trying to build. And they're not necessarily just going to take the biggest swing because, oh, maybe this guy has the highest ceiling in a traditional setting. I mean, they might be going mm-hmm. for the guy who has the highest ceiling in their system. 
which might be someone we're, we're not talking about. And it might be, and it might be one and the same. It could be, yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily mean. But like, yeah, Kaminga, I would want them to take him, certainly, because <clears throat> the Thunder are obsessed with development. And Kaminga is not necessarily like only old school Thunder because he can handle and he can pass it a little bit too. So he's just not, he's not just like this. He's, he's just a weird kind of raw player where he's got tons of skills and a lot of it is like, a lot of it's basketball IQ. It's like part it's like some of the biggest problems with him, um, which does fit old school thunder. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there's so many like bad <laughs> IQ guys on those old thunder teams. Um, but that, and that certainly does not fit where they, where they are today. Like Barnes fits that better. He's high, high IQ. Giddy is like outrageous IQ. Um, have you watched Josh Giddy at all? Like you can watch him throw these cro- cross court passes, like fling it with. I mean, he's he's ambidextrous. He's like an ambidextrous passer. Like it doesn't matter. He throws in the most like accurate left hand passes where he just puts it right in their right in the shooter pocket. Um, it's outrageous. It's it's so outrageous. Um, and then like I don't know, man. There's. There's just, I, I think, had they drawn number one, obviously it would have been very, very, very exciting. Um, there wouldn't be a lot of intrigue as to what they were going to do. Like, you're just, we're just prepping for Cade, right? And this is not a good problem to have. This is a bad problem to have. But now, like, it's a complete mystery. Oh, absolutely. As to I- what, what they're going to do. Because the thing is with Sam, with Sam Presti, is that anytime it looks like he's in this bind, where you're like, what is he? I mean, the last time that I sat and thought, oh my gosh, what in the world is Sam going to do with this roster? He is screwed. I, sa- I was on the phone with Brett Dawson the day of the Paul George trade, talking with him about how screwed the Thunder were because they were locked into Oladipo. They, how in the world are they going to get better? This team is going to be the seventh seed for eternity. And then they, and then literally, like six hours later, they traded for Paul George. So, anytime the Thunder team gets into a bind, he figures out a way. And I don't know what that way looks like. The way could be, hey, we love the guy at six, and we don't, we don't really care. Or it could be they trade up. I don't know what it's going to be, but I just know that like he's not going to sit on his hands and be like, oh, drat. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to just figure out what you know who falls to us or whatever. The, the thing. This is why pick five would have been so nice because I do feel uh, I'd be surprised if one of the top four drop. Now, maybe it happens. Maybe Jalen Suggs dropped to five or whatever. But I'd, I'd be kind of surprised if one yeah. of those top four dropped. So Orlando has a lot of leverage. And I expect Definitely. in the next couple of weeks that we will be seeing reports that Orlando is interested in pretty much anyone you would want the Thunder to take from like five yeah. to ten. Because I think that would be the absolute (laughs) smartest thing for them to do. Like, tell everyone you're interested in Barnes, Kuminga, all of those guys. They could milk two first-rounders out of OKC. Absolutely, they could. And if OKC has identified someone outside of that top four that they just think is like, this is the guy, then you you kind of have to make that trade if if the Magic do a good job of really doing some smoke screens. So I think they they control so much of this draft. And it's great for them because they have pick five and eight. And I mean, eight, yep. 
and they needed it. <laughs> and the other thing about the Magic that is, so, that is so interesting is that a lot of those guys in that range are not shooters. And we know mm-hmm. what the current makeup of the Magic is. And while oh you would gosh. say that, well, obviously no one on this team is good enough for you to not take BPA, on the other hand, it's like kind of like the old Sixers thing where it's like, are you really going to add another center though? Like, yes, exactly. no one is good enough, but are you really going to do it? Because they got right. Fultz, R.J. Hampton, Wendell Carter Jr., Jonathan Isaac. Like, adding Kaminga or Scotty Barnes to that, like, I mean, yeah, that's it would, maybe BPA, but what are you doing with that? Like, what are, yes, what is the what is the makeup of this roster look like? They're, they It's great for them to get five and eight. They're a little screwed over that they didn't at least, because I think that they're outside of the Jalen Suggs um, range. Like he would have been perfect to plug in there and just be like, "Hey, go run this team, you know, throw lobs to these guys, you know, get in, like, get us, pl- please get us an offense of some sort." <laughs> like right. he could, he could do all that. But now, like, yeah, you're looking at Kaminga. Everybody, like, oh, like, gosh, like, I don't even know, like, I can't even imagine a world where you can even develop Kaminga well enough on a team like that for it to make sense like it it's just kind of it's just gross it's kind of this gross spot to where like you have like their team is filled with fourth and fifth starters you know yeah. and that's where the thunder like that's where the thunder like man like it's just such a huge missed opportunity to have your own pick be hi- like higher in the draft because like the thunder have a number one guard already and they have a great defender on the wing in Dort, and they have this like weird project in Poku. Like they have, they have all the pieces there to add wherever you want. And if you just add like one high level talent, like you're, you are so much more ready to compete than everybody else. Like you look, like the Magic are starting. This Magic are starting at square one, and you know it's a shame that they couldn't get like a high level guy and the thunder are like the thunder are at square one to a degree as well like this this draft is step one in like in the rebuild and the fact that their starting point is SGA and Dort and Poku is like that's pretty ridiculous like that's pretty crazy that that is step one but it also makes step one so much more important than Orlando's step one because Orlando will be back in the lottery next year and perhaps yeah. they develop whoever's there, and they can add a star next year. I wonder if they though, get lucky. if a potential trade because we talked about Cleveland. Let's say Cade and Mobley go one two, which that's what most people are projecting yeah. right now. But who knows? At yeah. three, they have the option of Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, so bringing in another guard. Or yeah. would the Magic be interested in five and eight for three? And then if you're the Cavs, you can still get a Kuminga at five and then pick up another no, guy at eight that makes that makes a thousand percent more sense than a deal with the thunder yeah um like it makes a lot of sense for for them and i my guess is that the magic would if i'm the magic i would be all over that i would too and i would be targeting I, green yeah yeah i would not i would be targeting i would i would want jalen suggs um but I wouldn't be. I would, either one would be much better than drafting Kaminga and Franz Wagner or something like that. Now, Andrew, uh, Tom Bystander in the chat said, "I would throw up if we took Josh Hidden at six. That might be his new nickname if he uh, if he disappears in games. Josh Hidden. <laughs> he doesn't disappear in games. That dude is like in. He's in the game. <laughs> he's in it." Uh, 
You throw up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've watched I've watched a bunch of him. I think he's super fun. I would be I would be excited. Did you did you see any of the uh, the combine stuff? Because there was some interesting stuff in there. The uh, you know yesterday was such a was such a weird day for me. I have I have looked at very little of anything. Like I'm just now like I'm just now getting my bearings. I hadn't hardly looked at Twitter even after the draft, just because it was such a weird time. Uh, so I have not. Uh, so one thing that's interesting, especially thinking about how the Thunder don't currently have a center <laughs> on their team yeah uh no player measured seven feet or taller that is weird huh yeah this seems rare that is that is weird uh nemias nemias kuwaita he was the tallest player what 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 did what did mobley measure at was he like 611 or something oh i didn't think mobley was at the uh, combine Maybe he was. Oh, he's not at the combine. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm so I'm so unplugged from from all of that right now. Oh, uh, you need to plug back I'm in, Andrew. Sure but I'm pretty sure he's seven feet. I'm pretty sure Mobley would measure at seven feet if he was. So at the combine, he had. Uh, so this is from Chad Ford's website, NBABigBoard.com. So players who measure taller than expected, uh, Zaire Williams. People thought that he was like six 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 seven, and he yeah. measured six ten in shoes, which is oh. interesting. The other one's good, and also like measure. Please measure everybody in shoes because they're always going to be playing in shoes. Well, who knows, Andrew? They're they're talking about some things on the rules committee. You know, jumping into players. <laughs> Maybe they do away with shoes. <laughs> to, to, Tom Bystander's like is it just a like, Josh Giddy hater over here? Compazzo and Teodosic could pass too. Like, get out of here, man. <laughs> get out of here, bro. <laughs> Maybe as a point, Andrew. Uh, the other one, this one was the shocking one, and people think that it was a typo. Sharif Cooper from Auburn, right? He, everyone thought that he was like at best six feet tall, mm-hmm. and chances are he is not like more than six feet tall because we've seen pictures of him next to like CP3 and next to Isaac Okoro, yeah. and he is like almost shorter than Chris Paul. He came in and measured yeah. six three and a half. Wow. Which people think that uh, James Booknight's height was just copied over, and they screwed up because he was like right above him in the, in the list. But but everyone was, I guess people are saying like, oh, if he's six three and a half, like he's going to go way higher than he's currently projected. Um, yeah. Some players that were shorter, the shortest guy in the draft, remember him, Max Abmus. He's five ten and a oh, half. Yeah. Davion Mitchell, Oklahoma guy. Yeah. yeah, Davion Mitchell is six foot. Woo, Davion! Oh no! Yeah, and he was listed. That's not at, good. He was listed at six two at Baylor. Yeah, I was gonna say like he was. Yeah, he was. He was measured like six two, six three is kind of what you think of him. But he's like certainly combo guard. Um, he's a guy that we're gonna do here pretty quick. And it's, I mean, like uh, like uh, the ringer has him going seven to the Warriors, which I think is interesting. He, yeah, he's more win now. Cause, I mean, because he's older. Um, I, he's 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 awesome though. I think he's pretty awesome. So players That's, with the most positive wingspan, so longest wingspans relative to their height. Moses Moody is plus eight and a half inches, and then Scotty wow. Barnes is second at plus seven and three quarters inches. The ones with the worst wingspan. First of all, we have no negative wingspan guys, at least of the, of who is measured. Wow. So that's exciting. But Trey Mann, yes. Trey Mann is basically like even. Even yeah. even Corey Kispert is plus one. 
very predictable with Kispert. I actually thought he would be a more of a negative guy. I wonder, because you can kind of stretch out your arms like longer than you would normally do it. I wonder if there's some exercises yeah. these guys can do to kind of add an extra half inch or something. Yeah, Corey Kispert's both his arms were out of socket for the measurements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I would be doing before the combine is just trying to extend just, my limbs <laughs> as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> it does matter. It really does. It does. Um the I mean the measurements for Barnes matters like quite a bit. Plus seven and a half is sick. Plus sick. eight and a half for Moses Moody is sick. sick. Like that's some that's some sick measurements, bro. Yeah. Uh that's that's meaningful. Just and as a defender, I mean it's not it's not like uh Scotty Barnes is like a bad size. He's like the perfect size to defend. But the fact that he has that reach is significant. And it it would not shock me if he went higher, especially if like if Kaminga dropped to like six or seven, not surprised whatsoever. He is a petrifying prospect to me. It's he's got a really high ceiling. I would take the risk just because I believe in the developmental team with the Thunder. But if I'm any other team, I don't know that I I don't know that I touch that project. Well, and you say I mean, like, what if it scares me? If if he was there for the Thunder and they passed, like, are the Warriors really taking him? Gosh, I would I would be <laughs> so far in the no right now if I were a Warriors fan. Yeah, with Kaminga, I would just be like, no, the, the 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 Warriors are trying to build a bridge from their championship team to the next iteration, like similar to what San Antonio did with Tim Duncan. The bridge is the bridge is so far away if you take if Kaminga is your next guy, right? That I just I don't know. Like I don't like Steph Curry will be in a wheelchair by the time Kaminga's ready to go. I just I just don't I don't think so, man. I would be scared to do that. I could see Kaminga falling. If he's not taken at five, I could see teams that are just like, Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't know that, that we want to take this on. If I'm the Thunder, I'd definitely take it on because he's he has crazy he's got a crazy high ceiling and i i believe in the coaching staff to get him there oh man um, what you know where he's gonna go mm. if he falls number nine mm. sacramento kings Don't- oh my gosh oh no <laughs> poor jonathan kaminga like goodbye jonathan kaminga it was fun watching you on synergy <laughs> dude that would be so bad that would be so so bad. The ringer has them taking Barnes. I don't. Like, why did Barnes fall to nine? That's a whack mock draft. Koc. Taller and bulkier MCW. That's how they describe Scotty Barnes. That's a weird. That's a that is. That's that's a that is that is pretty whack. Oh, he also has Siakam and Draymond Green. I don't know the Draymond Green thing. Like he's just a switchy defender that can pass and like maybe that's where the comp is you know and and he, and he has like he has a backpack on though it, it seems like he plays with like a ton of passion as well like he has that kind of oh dude draymond dude, thing. you would yeah that's true draymond's a little bit more psycho than he is but he is definitely like if 
if he's on the team, it will take two weeks for the Thunder announcers to say that he's the heart and soul of the Oklahoma City Thunder basketball. Wow, team. replacing Dort. Absolutely, because he. The thing is that he's so vocal about it. Like he will be screaming, he will be telling guys where to go, he will do all of that, and he will make winning plays. Like he'll be diving on the floor, he'll be making these, he'll dunk on guys. Like that is the heart and soul of the. You know, I can see him dunking in transition after a crazy steal. The Thunder go up to to beat the the Sixers or something like that is the heart and soul of the Oklahoma City Thunder basketball team right there. You know, that's a that's a good Chris Fisher that, impression. <laughs> how would how what do you how do you impersonate Chris Fisher? That is the heart and soul of the Oklahoma City Thunder basketball team. Yeah, I don't know who I was impersonating when I did that. Scott T Barnes. Scott <laughs> Scotty Barnes is. <laughs> Uh, well, and that'd be cool because, you know, as much as we like a lot of the players on the Thunder right now, we don't really have like a crazy guy yet. Like a guy who has like, is just hard on his sleeve, like yelling, going nuts all the time. Dude, you would love him. And I think, I think like Shay and Dort would love him too. He's, he is, he's like the ultimate teammate. He is the ultimate defender. Like if you were to build a defender out of uh, he's to me he's probably the best defender of anybody in that top five um and that's great like it's you need to have guys that can get stops and if you already have a guy in shea that can go get you a bucket they need another but they need another guy that can get a bucket man they need another guy that can go score it like they need it they need that badly and it's and the good thing about him is that he's not a sieve on the offensive end and I think there's a chance he figures it out. Uh, I wouldn't count on it, but he can at least pass it. He's not like he's not Robertson, where Robertson right. is like ab- like absolutely nothing, like nothing, like he can't do anything. Uh, Barnes can drive, he can pass, he can finish at the bucket, like he can do those. Yeah, things. Yeah, he's good in transition. Good in transition. Uh, he's and he's super fun. And if that's the it's, if that's the only thing the Thunder walk away from the draft with like you can't be like so you're saying they give away they give away pick 16 and 18 they just come away with scotty barnes they just they forget they just to take pass 16 and 18 <laughs> <laughs> no thanks no thanks no i that's not it's not the it is not the word like honestly if they had if they had seven and like you were just like no chance of barnes and now we're like having to discuss like are the thunder really going to take sangoon at seven or the thunder i mean that that discussion is it's unfortunately like a lot more depressing <laughs> than, than six because you can you can really talk yourself into barnes as like the 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 next member of the top six but if you're talking keon johnson franz wagner Corey kispert jalen johnson sangoon giddy Moses Moody, you're just like, oh, son of a gun, man. Like that's like that's that is a, that is a way more depressing conversation to me. And maybe this is me manufacturing sunshine myself, but it just feels that way to me. And and we we I mean we haven't even talked about pick sixteen and eighteen. Maybe we'll just save those for another week. Because to be honest, I don't. I mean, right now the ringer has Moses Moody at in. fifteen. 
Um, yeah. So like the ringer has them taking Kai Jones yeah. and uh, Usman Garuba. Yeah, let me look where, who Sam Ficini has because I I like just went to six and he's got Barnes. That's and I I spoke with Sam last night. I mentioned the podcast. I spoke to him about Barnes. I was like, do you like you really love him that much? He's like, yeah, dude, he's perfect. He's perfect for the Thunder. He he loves he loves the fit there. So he has the Thunder taking Kai Jones at sixteen. There's your <laughs> there's your Moses Brown replacement, everybody. Uh, 6'11", 19-year-old, shot blocker, high upside, low floor. Like, scare the crap out of me, big guy. Uh, and then at 18, uh, Cam Thomas out of LSU, 18-year-old freshman guard. Who um, also happens to be score. someone who backed out of the uh, combine and people think has a promise. Just yeah. FYI. And that's, I mean, he is interesting because he is, like a, he's a bucket getter. Like he's one of the of the guys in the teens that you would want to go get buckets. Like he's he's that he's that kind of guy. Now he's smaller. He's six foot three. Uh, he's not Davion Mitchell size, but he's smaller. He's a com- like a combo guard. Um. So he's he's I don't know if he's high upside, but he's like your when you think of a six man, that's that's him. You know that's. That's what Cam Thomas is like. You're natural, like come off the bench and go get you 25. You know, like that's that's what he does. So, which is which is a spot they need to fill. Like they don't have that at all right now. Yeah. Um, so if you walked away with Barnes, Kai Jones as your project big, and then Cam Thomas, if that's if that's what you want, like, all right, like that's something to work with. Is that taking you to a title? It doesn't. It sure doesn't feel like it. But honestly, um, that might it's a step that forward. might take you back to the lottery. Like if, if yes, and that's if what, they really yes, take three guys, especially like projects like that, and they're playing them all big minutes, like that that team will be worse. Exactly, and the twenty twenty two class is nice. It's super nice, and yeah, maybe if. Maybe the Thunder just are like, hey, we're going to play as many of these young guys as possible. Hopefully they can offload Kemba before the season starts for who even cares if you get value. I don't care. I'm sure Sam cares because he always cares about getting value out of that. Um, but, if yeah, if you just play young guys, I mean, that's it will take you back to the lottery without a doubt. And maybe teams will be more prepared for SGA next year. And like what he's capable of, yeah. And and they'll make other guys, you know, prove it. And maybe Dort will have a worse shooting year, you know, because like he had a great for for what he's been. He had a great shooting year. Man, I just um, I, I the more I thought about it, the Kemba to the Knicks thing, it really makes sense to me because all it takes is for them missing out on like Kyle Lowry and Mike Conley, which who, who even knows if they would want Mike Conley, but. Like they clearly yeah. need a lead guard. Like I, I don't know if they. Oh yeah. As good as Derrick Rose was this season, I don't think you necessarily want to go into next season with just Derrick Rose and quickly. Yeah. And if they and they have the cap space where they could just absorb the contract. If we if it's is there not is it 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 it's similar to the Horford deal where it's like it makes too much sense. And the other part of it is like from the Knicks side of things, you know, they're trying to keep this train rolling. 
because this was yeah. like such a magical season making it to the playoffs. Like Oh my gosh. And Kemba's like Kemba is like a a guy that should be in, in the garden. Yes, absolutely. You know? like he and just feels like that. For their from their perspective, it's only two more years. Like, who cares? Like, you can reset everything after those two years. You got the cap space anyway. Yeah, depending on what you're happens. Gonna, you're gonna use it on something dumb anyways. Just go use it on Kemba. Look at Kemba. I don't even care uh, what you give us. Whatever. I don't care either. I I really don't. <laughs> I just don't want to be. Let's bring up Kevin Knox good. again. Give me more of the guys from that Kentucky team. We haven't had enough. Uh, okay, I, we got to go. I've got to go. I've got to go do some more talk on this draft. Um, but let's go to the stream before we go. Hoopsock69 says, we're chucking for Chet. Uh, Tommaso Ferro says that Book Knight is that kind of player too, like a guy that can go get a bucket. Absolutely. Like you're looking for a guy that can get buckets, that's him. Uh, Stay Jamaica says uh, Barnes is going to go five. Uh, Mad Monk says, we will trade down for Sangoon Book It. It feels very thundery to do that. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Uh, let's see who else is in the stream. Uh, Colin McGoodtime, he says, Barnes at six, move up to 16 to get Williams, and Jackson at 18 would be awesome draft for me. Positive thinker, good job. Uh, let's see who else is here. Tom Bystander, who's like a big hater. Um, Penny says that Giddy scares her. Why, he's such a nice young man. He shouldn't be scaring you. Um, I would love small ball lineup all year from Brendan Marshall. Uh, Let's see. Eric Hoffman wants to trade up. Me too, Eric. That would be great. Jordan's having a bad morning. What an absolute letdown. Andrew, I want to tell you, I had something prepared for Deborah Bucket's Basketball Hour if we had gotten the Houston pick that was going to be so good. And I'm not going to reveal it because we still have a chance to swap their picks in the future, so I could potentially use it again. But it was going to be great. That's very sad. It's very, very sad. Uh, The Diabetic says, how do you feel about Kai Jones? Scared. That's how I feel. The Diabetic is also down for Moody. Uh, let's see. Yeah, thanks for joining, guys. Uh, really appreciate you guys joining in on the stream. Thanks again to everybody that joined in last night and came to the draft party. If I didn't get to say hello to you, uh, I apologize for that. Send me a DM if you want. But um, it's uh, you know, life will go on, Thunder fans. This is not this is not the end of anything. This is the beginning of something, and. This is where, this is where the Thunder have to go to work. There will there will be an All Star in the six to twelve range. Got to go find him, Sam. Go find him or trade up, but you got to go find him. This is where the hard work is done, and we've seen it before with other franchises that they've been able to, you know, get guys in that range, and it changes what what they do. And this is OKC's chance. It's not an obvious chance, but this is their chance. So. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. We're thankful. We appreciate you guys. And we will talk to you guys again on Friday.